0: Hey, guys, welcome into Speaking of Football. We got a very fun episode for you guys this week. Um, As mentioned at the end of our Metcalf Minute that I put out a couple weeks ago and on our Twitter, um, we saw the ESPN 32-team redraft that they did. Uh, PFF also did a similar one where they got 32 people together and they did a snake draft using the 2020 draft order. And we are doing the same thing, starting the league from scratch. Every player is a free agent. And we are, you know, we got 30, 29 other people to do this with us. And, uh, our criteria, what we have to go through to follow here is, uh, you have to draft a quarterback, you have to draft two non quarterback offensive players, two defensive players, and one wild card. And this can be any position this can be offensive line, it can be kicker if you want, doesn't matter. Um, But it's six rounds. You draft six players, one quarterback, and basically five other guys. And uh, it took us a couple weeks, but it was a lot of fun. And so we're here to talk about the results. And uh, so, yeah, let's go ahead and start. So, uh, Derek, you want to talk about your team? Oh, I get to go first. Sure.
1: Um, All right. So, obviously, uh, the three of us picked our favorite team. So I am the Cowboys and... um, the draft order we did was based off of this year's rookie draft. So I was drafting from the uh, 17 spot and we did a uh, snake draft all the way to the six rounds. So my mindset was sitting there at 17. I wanted to probably go quarterback first, which is a little different from how I talked in our last show, but that was only with three of us. Um, now there was 32 of us. Um, so my original thought was to take a quarterback first thinking, that I wanted to get my running back in the second round and I was going to be content with a Zeke Barkley or Kamara as my running back in the second round because I still believe running back is king to a degree. Um, However, I completely pivoted when um, uh, CMC was sitting there at the 17 spot. So, I mean, I said, my strategy going in was take a QB there, but I had no idea CMC would be there still at pick 17. So kind of like the Cowboys rookie draft this year, CD lamb was sitting there at 17 for them. So I, uh, followed Jerry and, uh, grabbed CMC. I couldn't, couldn't pass it up. I mean, best running back in the league, hands down, probably will be for the next five years. Couldn't, couldn't do it. I had to take him. Um, because I'd honestly said I hoped one of the other quarterbacks would fall to me in round two after getting a QB in round one, but I just couldn't pass up on him. Um, and I think what well, I was the second running back off the board. I think Zeke went a, a couple picks before me. Right, guys, the yeah. team uh, went, to, the, went to the Raiders.
2: Yeah, he was the first yeah, running was back. The Raiders.
1: He ended up being the first running back off the board, which I couldn't argue with. But I still think CMC's the better back.
0: And I, I, I'm going to say real quick, uh, just just before you go on about that, Derek. Um, so. Yeah. The Raiders guy, he was uh, inactive, so that his timer was almost out. We had an eight-hour timer. He was almost out of time, and I was hanging out with my sister, who was also a pretty big NFL fan, big fantasy player. Um, and so I let her do sort of a fan pick. I let her step in and do the pick. <laughs> and she just started naming off a few quarterbacks, most of whom had already been taken. You know, she wanted Mahomes, she wanted Wilson, whoever. And so she goes, oh, let's do Zeke. I was like, really, Zeke? and she's like yeah sure why not I was like okay we'll do that and i'm like you know i'm not going to i'm not going to spend all day like talking about why you should or shouldn't or can or can't so it's like you know what zeke it is zeke it is at number 12 overall let's do it yeah so
1: well, i to say, she's got good taste however <laughs> i was surprised that she that he went that early cuz i really thought he'd be a second round running back and i would have my quarterback and zeke in round 2 so it, she, she started my draft off completely on a different foot, even though, as you'll hear it a little bit, because we're kind of going to go through a sort of power ranking type aspect for each of us in a minute. I've got my team ranked as number two in my power rankings. So I still like <laughs> so <laughs> humble, man, I gotta, you gotta you know, I'm right there. <laughs> all right. So my next thought was coming in around to I was thinking, all right, QB is going to probably be pretty thin. But if there's still a decent one there, I need to go ahead and lock down my QB on the second-round pick. However, uh, Michael Thomas kept falling and falling and falling, and he literally was picked by Pittsburgh right before my pick. (laughs) And I – when I saw that happen, Uh because I was salivating that Michael Thomas almost fell into my lap. I mean, CMC and Michael Thomas paired together, amazing – um, so now, Michael <laughs> Thomas was gone, and a couple of the other wide top-wide receivers were gone with Julio, and uh, let's see, where did Julio go? I think, was Julio first off the board?
2: No. Julio was the first. first God yeah, word. he was first wide. God no, Godwin on went first.
0: Round two. Yeah, my, Michael Thomas going fourth was crazy. Yeah, Tennessee picked Julio.
2: Yep, Julio went to Tennessee. And
0: then Hopkins to the Rams. Hopkins to the Rams,
1: yep. So I... And then Michael Thomas, the Pittsburgh. We're about. So the next, I mean, for me, Devontae Adams is like the number, it's probably the number two wide receiver in the league. You could argue Hopkins, but he's in a new, well, I guess everybody's in a new format this year. Uh, we're not speaking fantasy, we're speaking real football wise. So for me, Devontae Adams is the top three wide receiver. Um, so again, kind of like CMC, he was sitting there and most of the good QBs were gone. The top linebackers were gone top dl's were gone the few top ol you know line offensive linemen were gone so the obvious pick for value for me was to take Devonte adams there as a wide receiver for my second pick he was hands down probably one of the best players left on the board out of any position it was how i thought of it um so then i just at this point i was kind of accepting the fact like all right i'm probably gonna get stuck with a quarterback but i had kind of a Ace up my sleeve, hoping that I could grab Cam Newton in a couple later rounds. So I still believe, I mean, Cam's a beast of a physical specimen. You can't deny it. So I believe he still has another good handful of years left in the NFL as long as he doesn't take another too bad of an injury. Um, so I always kind of settled myself that I was going to take Cam Newton in the later round. And we'll return to that in a few minutes. Um, so moving on to round three, um, some other quarterbacks that had come off. Because, you know, I was still thinking about a few other ones. You know, I, I kind of had Gardner Minshew on my radar. He went to uh, the Chargers, right? Yeah. Yeah, Chargers picked from the uh, 10 spot. And then uh, Tannehill went to Indy. I kind of had both of them on my radar. And both of them were gone by time round three turned around. So I kind of took me a while to pick this one. Um, but then I saw one of the best... Defensive backs still on the board. And I said, why not? I'm going to go lock down Darius Slay and have a huge cornerstone for my defensive secondary. Oh, that
0: was a pun. Um, cornerstone.
1: Uh, <laughs> got hey. Dude. So, yeah. I mean, Darius Slay is one of the top shutdown corners in the league. So, with him sitting there in the third round, huge value pick, in my opinion, for Darius Slay right there. Um, so, I grabbed him. And, again, passing on QB um which again was not my intention this entire draft i intended to go QB first um all right so round 4 let's see what are, what were my thoughts on round 4 i jotted some notes down um so i kind of had in my mind that i was probably going to go defensive line next uh especially because teddy bridgewater then came off the board as well um And then, of course, my ace in the hole, Cam Newton, came off in the fourth round. So by now, I was left with like the dredges of quarterbacks. So I had kind of accepted the fact that I was probably going to wait to the sixth round to take my quarterback. Um, So the next best position that I was thought I was going to have some good value at was defensive line. And yet again, whoever the Pittsburgh guy was has good taste. (laughs) He not only. Almost for me, the <laughs> pick before my pick, he stole DeMarcus Lawrence from me, the pick right before mine. And I was furious because I almost had D-Law for my defensive end, um, which then you would think I would have picked a defensive, another defensive end. But I pivoted a little bit because I thought that there was a bit of a drop in defensive ends after DeMarcus Lawrence and I saw DeForest Buckner still sitting there who is still one of the best defensive tackles in the league so I went ahead and went with him for my um, fourth round pick which that was probably the only pick out of the entire draft I didn't completely love or was comfortable with but again it was more of a value pick there I think I really wanted a defensive end I didn't really ta- I didn't want a tackle but he's too good to pass up, so I took him.
0: You actually started a run there. I'm looking at the board. You started after DeForest Buckner went Fletcher Cox, Grady Jarrett, skip a pick, Chris Jones. So it's actually a, a a run on uh, defensive tackles after you. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I guess where the value was, the value was once D Law came off, the value I think in defensive end kind of dropped a little bit, mm-hmm. and you uh, was at tackle now. Right. Uh, so yeah, so uh, yeah, you're right. I'm looking at it too. It's yeah. To start the run. So. Um, alright, so then coming back around for round five, again, I have already pretty much accepted that my QB is gonna be horrible at this point. Um so I said, what the heck? Let me get my linebacker. And um obviously earlier in the draft had a Darius Leonard or a Van Der Esch or somebody like that been available, I might have, you know, grabbed them earlier on the draft, but they weren't. So I was excited. Hoping with my fingers crossed because Ian hadn't taken a linebacker yet, <laughs> and it feels about the same way I do with about my linebacker that one of my favorite linebackers in the league, I grabbed uh, Joe Schobert. Um, so I was excited that Ian did not pick him up. Um, but I do think he is one of the more talented linebackers outside of that handful of elite linebackers that are in the league um so then it leaves me to round six and my final pick, which for me was QB. Um, I was pretty much down now in round six. I said we were; said it was slim picking. Um, I was down the Jameis Winston, Jordan Love, or Andy Dalton. In my mind, I had kind of talked myself into Andy Dalton and playing it safe because he's not very mistake prone, but he also isn't a big game type player. He's not going to make big plays anymore in this career. <laughs> I do think he's got three to five years left if he could land himself a starting job. Um, but
0: but you went the exact that, opposite.
1: Yes, so I completely pivoted, thanks to Devil and posting some stats in one of our chat rooms about Jameis Winston, and I said, hey, he really only had one horrendous year of interceptions. The other years, eh, they were okay, you know? <laughs> so I took a gamble <laughs> And went with Jameis Winston. And my thought process was, eh, I missed all of the key offensive linemen that I would have probably wanted if I was going with Andy Dalton to keep Andy Dalton standing upright. Jameis Winston can at least scramble and move around. So my thought was, let's go with Jameis Winston. Hopefully I could, uh, you know, if this was taken another step further and we, Trapped at all positions and coaches and stuff of that nature, assemble the right teachers and coaches around Jameis Winston to hopefully coach him out of his mistake-prone tendedness. Um, so I went with that. I mean, overall, I was pretty happy with my team: Christian McCaffrey, Devontae Adams, Darius Slay, DeForest Buckner, Joe Schobert, and Jameis Winston. So, and as I said earlier, when we review kind of our rankings, I had myself as the number two team out of everybody's. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, yeah, also, I had kind of, when I took Christian McCaffrey, I had kind of also in my head that, you know, some of the other QBs lesser known would also be available. But, uh, as you'll hear later, Seattle with our good friend Goodrich took Jalen Hurts in round one, which I had as one of my surprises of the draft. I was like, Oh, I can take him later. And I had already known that, uh, Josh Allen was off the board because our other good buddy devil took him, uh, in round one as well before I even got the chance to pick uh CMC. So those were kind of two of the guys I was eyeballing in later rounds for quarterback, just before the draft, even was started that I didn't even get a chance at, but,
0: uh, yeah, that was my draft in a, Short-ish summary. <laughs> <laughs> um, your draft, I, I made a, a quick list of the five. In my opinion, the five biggest reaches and the biggest values. And I had Jameis Winston as one of the biggest values because him, like people, give him a lot of a lot of hell for all those interceptions. But he still balled out when he wasn't throwing interceptions. He was playing lights out. I mean, absolutely. So, I mean, the stats you put up last year were some of the top of all time positively but um i was a big fan of that pick at the end i also have you as one of the biggest reaches but that's technically i have all running backs in the first two rounds as a reach in my opinion so Boo. you know, but you, you know how i feel about that i'm not gonna go into a whole thing but but so i mean your first round pick i thought was a reach and your last round was a, a value so you know it canceled out i'll take it yeah yeah <laughs> well, Mike, what do you got saints
1: man
2: Let's hear. It. So, yeah. So I was the Saints, um, which means I was picking from uh, I think twenty three or twenty four. Let's say Yeah, twenty four, um, which you know is is not a great place to be whenever you know that there's going to be uh, a lot of quarterbacks off the board. So I was not super excited. Uh, whenever it got to me, I felt like I needed to go quarterback. I was pretty convinced uh my strategy for this whole draft building a team was going to be on the offensive side of the ball i wanted to protect the quarterback um you know the guy that gets the ball as diva likes to say he gets the ball on every play touches the ball on every play um and then on the the defensive side i was going to try to just um just be really well rounded so that i could control games maybe not necessarily take a bunch of superstars but have a really good core and foundation to build on because i believe that the offensive line is the most important part of any football team um that with a good offensive line you can have subpar quarterback play subpar wide receivers subpar pretty much everything else and you know you can do okay and if you have good players in those positions and a good offensive line then you're just set up for success so uh, when it got to me, the quarterback pickings were starting to thin out and I kind of tilted a little bit. Um, and I ended up picking Jimmy G, which is not a terrible pick. He's, he's a good game manager. Um, I mean, obviously he just went to the Super Bowl, you know, so he's, he can't be a terrible guy. But I think that that more uh, supports my philosophy that, you know, with a good offensive line, anybody can do pretty well. So um, I figured, you know, why not just take a chance on him? He was the best of the rest, as they like to say, I was kind of hoping to get Joe Burrow. um, And that's kind of a Homer pick, also kind of a developmental pick I would have made, but he went to Los Angeles uh, four picks before me. So when it got to me, I was kind of tilting, picked Jimmy G. um, And then when the second round came around, I, like Derek, was very surprised to see Michael Thomas available to me. Um, One thing that I wanted to note just about this draft in general the platform that we used uh, was clicky draft and there's no like rankings or um average draft or you know even anything that that lists players in a certain way they're just alphabetical order so it it's very easy to overlook a player if you're not Mm -hmm. searching for them specifically so i kind of chalked up a lot of the picks to like maybe somebody just didn't know that guy was available or maybe they didn't have a lot of time to dig around but anyway um so michael thomas was there and i was really tempted to take him um but i didn't feel like i wanted to so i felt like i wanted to go offensive line because i don't believe that jimmy g is some sort of world beater I felt like if I wanted him to be my quarterback, then I needed to protect him well. And I wanted to take some of the top offensive line talent while I still could. So I took Ryan Ramsick. So he stays with the saints, uh, you know, because why not? He's one of the best offensive, best rated offensive linemen. He's great on the field. He's very young. Uh, in fact, nobody on my team is older than 28. Jimmy G is the oldest person on my team. (laughs) So I'm pretty excited about this core. Um, yeah, but then Michael Thomas ended up going to Pittsburgh anyway, so that worked out. Um, next round, I wanted to take best available. That was pretty much what I was trying to do for the whole draft. Uh, I had the positions that I wanted in mind, but I was looking at what players were left at each position and trying to prioritize that way. So I had a spreadsheet, and I was keeping track of wh- what players were taken, and I would look for you know which position had been uh, – farmed from the least whenever it was my pick. And so whenever it came to my third round pick, I realized that linebacker had been pretty, uh, pretty neglected. And yet, like, like, uh, Derek said, getting a, a Darius Leonard or somebody like that would have been great, but I feel like I did just as well because I basically took Darius Leonard from a couple of years ago, but he's got a, a little bit of an injury risk. And I took LVE. I took Leighton Vander And I am very excited about that pick. Um, obviously a great talent but also just a really smart guy um i told the guys this during our process i believe that middle linebacker is a very uh, it's one of the most important positions on defense just because they're basically i mean they call them the quarterback of the defense and he's really smart he's really good at at spying out the quarterback on the other team and seeing what following the ball seeing where it's going to go and um you know, he reminds me a lot of one of my favorite defensive players of all time and, and Luke Keekley, in that like, I mean, their defense was always decent with on on the Panthers whenever he was there, but he really elevated their game. Um, and I felt like with a with a draft this small, only taking the six players that we were, I wanted to pick guys that. Where difference makers at their position not just you know good guys but guys that would make the rest of the team better as well and i feel like he really brings that he's smart he can you know change plays on the fly and he can uh, adjust to whatever the the other team's offense is doing so i was really excited to get him there um but at this point i wanted to point out that i had kind of wished looking at the rest of the quarterbacks that were on the board because in this round um Teddy Bridgewater went to Houston. Uh, Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill went to Indianapolis. Um, Jared Goff went to Miami. So I, I was looking at the board and I was like, man, if I had not been so tilted about Jimmy G, I could have gotten any of these guys that I feel like, I mean, maybe Jimmy G's a little bit better than those guys, but if my, if, if my idea is to build an offensive line that can support any quarterback, those guys would have fit in just fine. Um, and I could have taken, you know, a, a maybe a, Wide receiver stud, maybe I could have gotten that Michael Thomas, or I could have gotten um, another uh, top-rated offensive lineman at the beginning. And so at that point, I was kind of thinking about that, but ended up working out. I was really excited about what I got to pick later on. Uh, In the fourth round, I ended up taking Calvin Ridley. He was the, um, in my opinion, the most talented, uh, scheme-proof wide receiver, young wide receiver that was left. And like I said, I was really trying to prioritize age here. Build a, a core that I could just build on with the rest of my teams, the rest of my players for the next couple of years. Um, and I, I mean, Calvin Ridley—he was one of the, the top rookies coming out, um, and last, no, not this year, but um, when he came out, and he would be a wide receiver one on any other team, but he's behind Julio Jones, so you know, <laughs> it's it's understandable why he's not. And he's very productive there in Atlanta, and I just feel like. Uh, with a quarterback that can get him the ball, which I believe Jimmy G could do. He can just, he can make the most of the situation. And I was, I was excited to have that, that pick. Um, uh, And after that, I knew I needed to take another defensive player and then I would have my flex position. So I was kind of just trying to pick um, around that. I was trying to take best available. And then when I got to my flex, I would decide what it was going to be at that point. So then in the fifth round, I wanted I had to take my defensive player because I wanted to see keep my flex, Uh, and I wanted to get a good lineman because I believe that you know with a good middle linebacker and a a good lineman that can either get after the quarterback or stop the run, then you know that's a good one-two punch on defense. And if you can just get some, some mediocre or average guys around them, then you know you can hold the line pretty well. Uh, So I went with Sam Hubbard, who currently plays for the Cincinnati Bengals, but uh, he's just. He's just one of those guys that, you know, he's, I wouldn't say he's necessarily underrated, but I felt like he was a really good value at that point in the draft and that he, uh, he kind of, he plays the kind of game that I was looking for. And he gets, you know, he, he had the most solo tackles in 2019. He had 51 solo tackles. And I just wanted somebody that could, like I said, with Leighton Vander Esch, that could make plays and could kind of elevate the people around him. Um, so I was excited about that pick. And then with my last pick, uh, I actually decided to go offensive line again and have just two guys to keep Jimmy G upright, and I was really excited to be able to get Trent Brown. Uh, he just won a Super Bowl with the Patriots, and then the the, the Raiders made him the uh, highest-paid offensive lineman for a little bit until a couple other deals went through. But uh, he's, he's great. He has been kind of, I, I believe – you know, and I don't want to use this word twice, but I believe he really is underrated. Um, he's just a big guy that can, that can really move. And uh, I was excited to have him as my last pick. He was one of those guys that I felt like was probably a result of like people not necessarily knowing the name or not, um, not being able to like sift through all of the picks as easily. So I was pretty excited about that. Uh, my team ended up being two offensive linemen uh, in Ryan Ramsick and Trent Brown and then Jimmy G and Calvin Ridley. And then on the defense, I picked my two captains uh, in Leighton Van Der Esch and Sam Hubbard. So I was pretty excited about that. Um, I was kind of hoping to get a guy like Allen Robinson, but he got picked by uh, Kansas City before I could get him. I thought he might slip through there because he's a – I was trying to look for players that like – in their real life football teams are underused or underutilized because of whether it be scheme or maybe their quarterback is bad, which is the case for (laughs) Robinson, his whole career. Um, and so I was just really looking for guys that were maybe on worse teams, but were standout talents because, and that's not really that hard to do because you know, a lot of the worst, I mean, the worst teams always pick first. So (laughs) a lot of good guys go to go to young, uh, go to bad teams. But, uh, yeah, those were my picks. Um, I didn't take a running back because, uh, contrary to uh, Derek, Derek and I will talk about this for days. I believe that often that running back is I, it's my favorite position to watch in football, and I love running backs, but I think it's the least important as far as like drafting talent. I think you can always get a new guy who's going to be hungry and mm-hmm. you can use him. Uh, and if your line is good, you can create holes and run in route, he can run run in the holes. And, you know, I don't necessarily believe it's somewhere where you need to pay up or draft high. Um, and uh, I didn't take a cornerback because while I do believe cornerback is really important, um, I think that by taking a middle linebacker who can kind of rearrange coverage, I can just have guys that are not necessarily the best of the best out there. Um, and having a, a tackle that can get to the quarterback as well, you know, like I, I can just, I felt like I could make do. You know, I was stop the ball before it gets to the point where coverage needs to be thought mm. about quite as much. So those were my thoughts. Uh, that's my team. I'm pretty excited about it. I didn't really feel like anybody else uh, wa- was following the same strategy as me, other than Denver, who took um, who took three offensive linemen. And Quentin Nelson, Ronnie Stanley, and Lyle Collins, and I was uh, I was pretty stoked about that team for him, but uh, I felt like it was a pretty solid strategy, and I'd love to see I'd love to see that that squad on the yeah, field.
0: Your um your your team, when I look at it, like I don't think it, it's it doesn't have any like you know sexy picks or anything. Like it's not like you you know what I mean. It, it's it's a yeah. it's
2: yeah it's no a I, I completely team. agree.
0: Like I think it looks good but it's not one of those like it doesn't have the Julio Jones, doesn't have the Aaron Rodgers or the whoever where it's like it screams like, oh my God, best team. But it's it's such a well rounded team that I feel like I feel like it would be good in real life. Like as a core, you know? Yeah, I agree.
1: And Mike, your your team is in is in my top five out of all the teams, um, even with a bit of a difference of opinion. But I gotta say I was wanting you to take running back with pick number six because you <laughs> might have been top of my power rankings had you grabbed a running back with that last pick. <laughs> but again, it comes down to <laughs> each of our personal preferences. And uh, on the Trent Brown pick, yes, absolutely. Had I realized he was there, you wouldn't have gotten him because I would have probably taken him in round five had I noticed him sitting there. And that was. As a result, yeah. probably the format we were using, I completely didn't see him there. Because I just I, I mentioned a few minutes ago yeah. through my thought process, oh, yeah, all the decent top-end offensive linemen are gone, which obviously Mike just proved me wrong because he was sitting there in the last round. So had I noticed him, it would have I would have had him. <laughs> but that might have then led me to take Andy Dalton versus Jameis Winston because I'd have felt a little safer with somebody of – Dalton's age and play versus a riskier person with Jameis Winston. But no, good, good
0: draft. Dude, Mike, I, liked yeah. you. I like you. You're, you're in my top five. Yeah. I really like, I really like your values. Um, and Trent Brown, you know, I was you know researching a lot of picks afterwards and I found out that Trent Brown is a, uh, he was a, drafted in the seventh round a few years ago, which oh, wow. yeah, I mean, for a, um, a, a, a tackle of his caliber, I mean, seventh round is insane. And then, you know, like you said, he was the, the highest, paid offensive tackle at one point, just you know, temporarily going from a seventh rounder to that is pretty spectacular. Um but yeah so um I guess I'm gonna move on to my team. Um I was the Browns of course you know we're all our homer teams so I got to pick 10th. Um and you know I keep hearing Derek talk talk about his uh his power rankings and talking about you know had he drafted a running back it would have been higher and he hasn't told me where I'm at on his power rankings, and I know how he feels about uh, Baker Mayfield. So I feel like just that pick <laughs> alone is going to knock me down to like 16th or worst or something. I didn't go past five. I'll save you the. Uh, the you worry. didn't? <laughs> no. Really? I didn't rank them all out. <laughs> okay. Well, but I'm sure... I
1: can do it later, and I'll let you know.
0: <laughs> but but I'm definitely not in that five though. I'm sure you're not in the five. I'm okay, sorry. and that's fine. I I'll live. <laughs> I'm not worried about yours. I'm worried about mine. Um. But anyways, so uh my team first round 10th overall I picked Baker Mayfield. Not only because I'm a Cleveland fan, I believe after what he did his rookie year throwing, he broke the rookie touchdown record, passing touchdown record um and in only 13 games. So um I believe he's got the talent. I think that the um you know, the Browns screwed him a little bit with that really experienced head coach last year and Poor offensive line play, and O b j was playing hurt, and they would just were not on the same page, so I think Baker has the talent to be a franchise q b still, uh, regardless of you know whether he's a brown or not, so I picked him tenth, and this was he was the what the eighth quarterback off the board, um which i think I think is fair i mean if we're going you know if we're factoring age because I think a lot of this has to do with um you know building a franchise you know we're we're eliminating all contracts so let's just say they're all on four year contracts. I think over the next four years, you know, compared to some of the older guys or possibly rookies that I think I think he's got a shot to be a really high caliber player still. Um so I picked him uh at That was
1: that was a good pick. I can't I can't I mean no as you said, I'm not a huge Baker fan, but I can't fault you for it because there's no way he'd have come back around to you in the second round. No. That just wasn't happening. And out of the running back, I mean running backs, out of the <laughs> My mind's still running backs. out of the QBs that were left. I mean, in my opinion, there might have been two or three better than him, but I mean, so it was a reasonable pick. I, I can't I I can't fault you for that one. Yeah, <laughs> I think
0: I think it's it would be fair to suggest Aaron Rodgers or Matt Ryan or may, possibly even Joe Burrow, depending on how high you are. Maybe Matt Stafford. Those four went, um, you know, within the next twelve picks. After I could see arguments for those guys over over Baker and that's fine. I mean, I just personally, maybe there was some bias, but I just, I think Baker's got the talent. So I went with him in the first, came back around toward the end of the second and my philosophy through this whole draft, you know, as opposed to you guys, you know, Derek wanted, I mean, he said quarterback, but you know, he really wanted the running back with McCaffrey and uh, Mike really wanted his offensive line stuff. Um, but me, I went totally past game heavy, whether that's, the passing game pass the quarterback and the receivers or the coverage. So I really, really wanted to focus on that. Um, so the second round, I got Mike Evans, um, at pick what 22 or whatever that is. Um, and I was really stoked about that. Um, I love Mike Evans. I think he's really underrated. I mean, he's had a thousand yard season every year of his career was six years straight. He's great. Big fan of him, big body. He's, great hands. Um, So I'm glad I got Mike Evans there. Um, One pick before AJ Brown. I think some people might, might might've taken AJ Brown there just based on the talent, but I just, I love Mike Evans. Um, So coming back around to the third round, pick, (laughs) pick DK Metcalf (laughs) Um, (laughs) had to. Um, And DK uh, partially is because obviously, I mean, if you've ever listened to the show at all, I believe in him a lot. Um, But I'd really just wanted that receiving core to be super solidified with those are two big body, strong, good hands receivers. So I think Baker to Mike Evans and DK Metcalf. I love that. Um, huge fan of all three. So that's my offense. I didn't draft any more offensive players throughout um, my fourth round pick. This was where I started. I, I was kind of trying to plan out my last three picks, whether it was might've been like Maybe offensive line at some point to help out Baker because I know that there could be arguments made that Baker with a bad offensive line is bad Baker, but you know uh, there's only there's only so many picks and you know like Derek said that it was getting thin, and I was kind of hoping you know if um, who was it Um, uh, Mitchell Schwartz if he had made it around to round four that would have been awesome, Uh, Mm -hmm. but he only he got picked at the very end of round three, so. That sucks.
2: Yeah. So that kind
0: of sucked. I was kind of hoping he would fall down to fourth and he didn't. So then I decided to just focus on coverage and I had three players at the beginning around four, three cornerbacks. I really, really wanted going into the, to pick for my fourth and fifth picks. Um, And those three players that I wanted were Jair Alexander, Marshawn Lattimore or Denzel Ward. Jair Alexander got picked by the Rams um, early in the fourth round. So I missed out on him, but, um, but Marshawn Lattimore, I got in the fourth round at my pick. And then coming back, I did get Denzel Ward. So I'm very excited about those two um, in coverage. I think that would be a really high level um, coverage unit. Um, and then finally coming back around to my sixth pick, it was, uh, you know, my wild card pick. I picked my quarterback, my two offensive, my two defensive could have been any player, but I think, and I, I, again, I could be biased based on my own picks, but I think this might be one of the best value picks. It was Harrison Smith, um, in the sixth round because Harrison Smith is a very high end safety, great in coverage. He's a little older, so I could see the argument there. You know, he's like 31, so I could see that, but his play really hasn't declined all that much. But I think those three in coverage is great. That's a, a great coverage unit, plus my, uh, my offense bake uh which again was baker mike evans and dk metcalf and then marshawn Lattimore, denzel ward harrison smith i um contrary to what mike was saying you know mike was talking about how sort of that defensive front stuff he didn't want to go corner he thought you know the pass rush and the you know the middle linebacker is is more effective uh i, I believe more in the coverage portion so that's that's why i went the way i did with my team interesting i mean have you
1: yeah. sitting probably in the middle of my ranking somewhere, Ian, um, mainly because I love the Mike Evans, D.K. Metcalf stack. But with this exercise of how we did this, I wasn't a fan of any of the seven teams that took double wideouts just because I felt like you get, you get your one, you have one good wideout, you use the pick for something else. But again if we were doing this in a vacuum with only picking six positions out of an entire starting team. So um, that was just kind of my thought on it. And then I, and I agree with you, the Harrison Smith pick was crazy value. Um, but again, I don't know if kind of with the same thought as the double wideouts is I don't love stacking three DBs just because I know they're different between corners and safeties, but there was still probably, I know i I was more of the mindset of trying to find, the best well-rounded starters right doubling up on positions per se um that was really just my only difference i loved the players you picked and the value you got for most of them so that 100 percent, i agree with i just didn't
0: love your thought process with it sure
1: <laughs> <If that> makes... <laughs> no
0: I, I i i totally understand it and i was um you know i was going through i didn't actually write out what the uh the numbers were for this but you know there were the I consider two strategies here being, you know, one versus being versatile, which, you know, you tried to do like one player at each position, at each major position, which is fine. Like I've got nothing against the versatile strategy. You know, you want maybe one guy at each one. Um, But then, you know, then there's the focus strategy, which in my opinion, you know, you focus on one aspect of the game or two position groups. And that was, that was more my thought process, obviously. And, you know, a few other teams did that. Just really stacking up those two areas because, you know, value-wise, I think I think those are the most valuable positions on the field besides left tackle and defensive end, or, or not not necessarily defensive end, but just edge rusher in general, um, edge rusher and and um, and left tackle. Obviously, I didn't uh, I didn't get, but I think quarterback, receiver, and and corner. I consider the most valuable position. So I figure if I can be elite at those two positions as best I can, then you know the other positions will sort of fix their fix their flaws, or maybe maybe can um, maybe can overlook the flaws. Although Mike, I agree with what he said that with offensive line, if you don't have that, then maybe that passing unit won't be that good either.
1: Yeah, I think I would have <laughs> liked to have seen you grab a top offensive line talent to pair with Baker, I think. Yeah. So he wouldn't have been so pressured.
0: Sure. And I I could see that. I really did want to, but I was just so set on – I I, I reached on DK. Yeah, I'll just say that. But I, I wanted to, so.
2: Eh. Sure. Because we've seen what Baker looks like behind a subpar right. offensive and line. I,
0: you know what? That's the thing with this. <laughs> since we're only doing six, I sort of rationalize it as everybody else is available – and everyone who didn't pick an offensive line was just going to get a 16th right. best, you know, just middle of the road, 16th, 20th best, where it's not bad, right. but it's not good. And that it, was kind of my thought. Once right. I
1: missed the top few, that was my thought process of offensive offensive line as well. I'm not going to get probably stuck with the bottom of the pile, you know, if we kept going with more positions or more rounds, it was going to be right. a
0: pack type offensive that, line. Mm-hmm. And like like, that was uh. Go ahead.
2: You're good. I was gonna say that that's one problem that uh that I kind of had with this whole thing is that you know it's it's obvious like this is just for fun it's just a it's a neat an interesting exercise but it's obviously imperfect because you don't have a whole team so you know you're taking these players but you know, what does the rest of your team look like? If the draft continued, you'd have decent players at those positions. So you can't really extrapolate just from the positions people mm-hmm. think are most important, what their entire yeah. team looks like. Uh, Cause you could find plenty of values. I mean, you could look, and I found Trent Brown in sure. the sixth round. So, you know, you could find great guys if you went another couple of rounds. So it is hard. Uh, it's more, I think, just an indicator of like what people think is. Important. And I also thought it was interesting and what differentiated us from the ESPN draft was that, they used a lot of uh, team reporters. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you, they, they picked what they knew and they knew their teams and they knew the players that they had helped, you know, to scout and to watch all these all these players develop. And we uh, mostly were in the fantasy realm. And so a lot of our guys are either just casual football fans or fantasy players. And so you could see a lot of emphasis on skill positions um, and just big names. Uh, there was, I'm not trying to say anything negative about our guys at all. Like there was some... Big brain yeah. picks in there, but you, it's just interesting to see the difference whenever you are coming at it from a yeah. different perspective. And I,
0: and you can see, like you said, a lot of those team reporters, a lot of them did go um, to they they were there were team biases. You could tell, like you know the like the Denver guy, he was 15th overall. He picked you know Drew Locke before like Kyler Murray or whoever. And you know, at, at, of of course, like if you could get your home team in this, like we did. That's awesome. And of course, I picked Baker, but I think that's a little bit more reasonable than Drew Locke there, but but I think with a lot of this, not many yeah. I mean, Baker and maybe like one or two others got their actual quarterbacks. Like actually might not have been any others for. I mean, I'm just kind of glancing at the board, you know. It wasn't too much uh, homer bias as far as I can tell. So that was really nice.
2: Yeah, uh actually to comment on that, I, I went through and I found no team took more than two players from their uh, original team. Um, I think, yeah, I think it was you in Mm -hmm. Cleveland. Um, And then I can't remember who the other player was. I'll look at it again. But, yeah, interestingly enough, a trend that I saw was most of the teams that did take a player from their – the team that they had took a defensive player. And I think that that's interesting, uh, and I'm extrapolating a lot here, but because – Whenever it got to the later rounds uh, and you're getting a little deeper in the draft, then you are having to do a little more thinking um, and you can't just go on the big names and stuff. I think a lot of people tended to lean towards the players mm. that they know. Um, and you can look at like look at Green Bay. Uh, his first pick was David Bakhtiari, which he's great offensive lineman. But, you know, like when you watch somebody play every week all the time, you're like, man, that guy is so sure. good. You know what I mean? And so it's, it's, it's interesting to see how that, how that bias yeah, kind of develops.
0: Yeah. I totally agree. I mean, you, you, you see that a lot. Like, you know, when you're talking – when you're on fantasy Twitter or Reddit or whatever, um, especially you know, when there's homer guys, uh, I, I, you, especially with PFF, you know, I follow PFF and they'll say, here are our top ten receivers this year. And, you know, when they said that today and some guy in the comments – Oh, where the hell is Cooper Cup? And it's like, why would Cooper Cup be in the top 10? And it's like, I'm, I'm, like, yeah. I mean, he dropped off completely, I mean, statistically, at least towards the end there. And it's just, it is one of those things where you, like you said, you watch him every week. And it happens even worse in the draft when, you know, you're watching your college team and people aren't talking about your, you know, your college quarterback or whatever as a first round pick. You freak out and say, well, he's great. But it's like, you probably didn't watch like every single other college every week. Like, of course you're going to think that your guy is better because you know, his strengths and weaknesses. And so of course it's going to stand out. And I, and that's, that's a really interesting point though about our draft is, you know, I picked Denzel Ward. Like you said, he's a defensive player because I wanted, uh, I guess I'm familiar with him. And I mean, I don't know. I didn't even think about that way, but that that makes sense. It's probably a subconscious thing there.
1: Yeah. That's like, yeah, when we started talking sure. about defensive positions and I was scanning the board for defensive ends, I like the light bulb went off. I was like, oh, wait, D law hasn't been taken. That's perfect. Yeah, and I bet everybody's yeah. sleeping on him because he had down
0: year last year. Freaking
1: Steelers. It was day.
0: that was funny, too, because <laughs> I remember you you texted the group chat. You're like, oh, I'm going to pick a DE next. Who do you think I'm going to get? And I was like, uh, Demarcus Lawrence. <laughs> That's pretty obvious who you're going for there, man. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the,
2: other team that, the other team that took two of his own guys was uh, Houston. He took Laramie Tunsil and uh, Brandon Cooks.
0: Go. So I'm actually glad you, you brought that up. So back to my reaches and values, I think Laramie Tunsil was one of the biggest reaches of the draft um, be, because, True. I mean, I, I got nothing against him. He's a, he's a good, young left tackle, but I wouldn't consider him like a lead or anything. But taking him over, for instance, the next few tackles that were taken, Ryan Ramcick, um, let's see, Ronnie Stanley. I mean, just those two alone, taking taking him over those two, it's crazy to me. I mean, those two are, I, I would consider elite, possibly top three at their position, and they're young. So, Larry yeah. Tunsil, I feel like, was a little bit of a stretch. I think the rest of their draft was was fine. Um, again, they weren't like sexy picks or anything, similar to like your drafts, I guess, but – um, but I, I believe in mm-hmm. the players. I've got nothing against them. Just that I feel like that pick was a little bit of a reach um, compared to who was available. And like you said too, you don't have all the picks laid out in front of you. You don't have like a best offensive line, right? Uh, offensive lineman list. So it's just who you know, yeah. right? Yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, so who do you guys? What do you guys think was maybe the best value? Like, did you even?
2: It's hard because they're, you know, you're drafting a whole football team here, so you've got all the positions. It's not like a, it's a lot easier to say what's a value in fantasy because you're only drafting, you know, a couple of offensive mm-hmm. positions. Um, but I mean, there were definitely some picks that that I thought were good. Um, I thought the couple that I remember off the top of my head, I remember thinking that Alan Robinson was a good pick. I figured he'd be good yeah. anywhere he goes because. Uh, Kansas City took him in the third round, but he's definitely – I mean, he is a prototypical wide receiver one, uh, and he would be on any team that had a decent quarterback. I mean, he's done amazing things with what he's had, and he's very underrated. He's still young. Um, So I thought that was good. Uh, I know I I dogged on running back, but I thought Buffalo getting Kareem Hunt in the fifth round uh, was really good because, I mean, we've seen what he can do in – when he's the workhorse, and I think that he's just, you know, obviously he's fallen out of favor a bit, and he's been not the the solo workhorse in, in Cleveland. But, I mean, I think if he had the job to himself, he'd run away with it, not to make too much of a dad <laughs> joke there.
0: Um, yeah. That's actually funny you say that, because when I saw the Kareem Hunt pick, my instinct was, Ugh, really? But then, like you said, you know, this isn't a fantasy draft. You know, this isn't like you're taking the guy on Cleveland right. as the RB2 this is Kareem right. Hunt by himself, and right, and so like yeah, like you said, once I rationalize it, it's actually. I mean, if we're talking, you know, fifth round running back, I mean, it's not bad.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No,
1: I mean, for most of my, I think most of my value picks that I'm just skimming the board. I mean, there's a couple further up in the rounds, like Mike taking Van der in the third round. I my opinions about, I mean, that could be you know, a bit of a homerish thing being a Cowboys fan, but I think Van der is. in the third <laughs> round. You no, I agree. In third round. <laughs> I mean, so I think that was a great value pick. Um, most of mine uh, were later on. Like, um, let me see. I'm skimming through. Uh, Bud Dupree, last round. Jalen Smith, last round. Harrison Smith, we already talked about last round. <clears throat> Devin White, sixth round. Who else is in here? Devin Bush, sixth round. Um, I mean, definitely some big name, top end talent sitting there in round six. um, uh, Yeah. Some good value on the defensive side um, for sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It was interesting to see where people were willing to take rookies as well, Um, because, you know, this is like. This is this scenario is not that different than where the rookies were just taken because we haven't seen them on any teams yet. But if this were real, they'd be going to a completely new situation. So it's not that different, but it was still interesting. Uh, I think the earliest rookie taken, other than quarterbacks, was Chase Young, I believe. Uh, Chicago took him in the second round. But yeah, it was it was just pretty interesting. There were there were. Not that many, but then at the end of the game, at the end of the the draft, there were a couple that started popping off the board, yeah. line men and uh, with some of
0: the uh, rookie running backs that came off the board there. Yeah, that was oh, surprising yeah. to me too. Like uh, Pittsburgh was one of those where I really, really loved the team, but then, uh, and I'm not trying to dog it. like Pittsburgh, it still might even be a top three team for me. Um, but just that that Clyde edwards hilaire pick in the in the sixth round, I don't know, I just. Uh, yeah like a a rookie running back in general on here i mean then again like mike was saying earlier right. i mean if you could put just any high end running back on a team as long as you got a def- decent offensive line you could be fine um but i just yeah that was a little i wasn't expecting that from that team uh um, for sure but i i actually i put down i the 15 rookies in total were taken that's pretty good actually yeah so half of you know, half the teams took one. I mean, I'm not – I mean, on average anyways, I, I don't know if maybe some teams took right, two right. possibly, but um, I don't think so. Um, but then uh, on the inverse of that, uh, the old guys, uh, which I considered 32 and older for non-QBs and then 35 and older for QBs, um, there were 24 old players. Um, huh. So um, – and actually, they're not going to be – they're not 32 right now. They're either 32 this year or next year. Um Because I actually um, broke down, um, you know, I'm a big, big PFF fan, like I've mentioned before. And what I did uh, actually was I put together this really obnoxious like formula and um, tried to break down like analytically using PFF grades and um, like developmental formulas and all this type of stuff to see where the teams, which teams would be best this year, next year and the third year. Um, just based on these cores and, and try to try and be objective too. Like I did put positional value in there. Um, you know, this is all my own like doing. So this is, you know, it's not like a set, you know, end all be all ranking, but like I tried to be as objective as possible about it. And to be honest, it's, it's weird to me, but, um, the Raiders, um, I I think the Raiders came out on top the first year. Um, just doing what I did, and which I think is insane, considering you know what I was talking about earlier—how Ezekiel Elliott was their first-round pick, and how much trash I talked on the, um, on the running back on the Ezekiel Elliott pick—and I had I had the Raiders the top, the top three in the first year. That's pretty good. I have them just outside my top five. Nice. Mainly because of the Drew Brees
1: pick, but they are definitely in a mm-hmm. win-now mode. Mm 100 percent
0: yeah i had um i've got new england and tennessee at least with this formula stuff i'm i'm talking about i had them as top two or three every year for the next three years um that's cool and those teams uh tennessee big win now team uh but they're great picks i think Uh, tom brady julio jones Shaq barrett adam thielen kevin byron and um anthony costanzo um, so they were, you know, like you said, a versatile team. They got pretty much one from each position, except for Julio and Adam Thielen. But I mean, that's that's a solid team, you know, yeah. all around for every every round. I think. And then the Patriots, on the inverse, um, I had them as the top team for the next two years. That was um, Matt Stafford. Dirt. Oh, good. Oh, the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. I said, oh,
2: good. Patriots. I, know, is it's so a I was time. annoyed by
0: that too. Uh, but Matt Stafford, <laughs> Derwin James, Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin, Taylor Moton, and uh, Corey Littleton. Um, so, again, it's just a well-rounded team and, you know, two receivers. And a lot of this has to do with positional value and just PFF grades more than anything. Um, so, like I said, I, I was surprised to see, a, like, Pittsburgh and the Raiders in the top three of mine with, you know, having picked running backs the way they did. So it's not like... I totally discounted those running back teams, but sure.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, you guys ready for a shock here? Do you want to guess who my number one ranked team was out of with my theory? Is it Dallas? It's not Dallas. I was number two. Oh,
0: okay. Hold on. Let me, (laughs) let me scan the board. Let me scan the board. Uh, Which team grabbed a running back obnoxiously high? Uh, Is it Philadelphia? No. Okay. Um,
2: is it Jacksonville? Nope. <laughs> um That's the team that took Dak right. Prescott.
0: Um hold on. Oh, I want to guess it so bad. Is it the Oh, is it the uh, the Rams? No, but they
1: are in my top 5. Okay,
0: yeah, cuz they picked Chubb in the 3rd, but that's not high enough for you, is it? I don't know. Are you
1: are you ready? Ready?
0: Oh, uh, hold on, let me do one more guess. I really want to try and get it. Oh, is it Atlanta? Nope. Damn it. All right, fine, tell me. New York Giants. Giants. and on. they didn't pick
1: a running back at all
2: what ah, just, that's pretty I good i just
1: couldn't get past their lineup that they created i mean i thought
2: yeah they it's pretty together good together
1: one of one of the strongest positional groups out of all of us i mean i just couldn't get past it i, I like to believe that if we did round seven they would be picking a running back, <laughs> and it would, <laughs> and there's a handful of running backs out there. You know, I, I feel like a Kenyan Drake or something like that would fit perfectly well into their team. I mean, I just really felt like the Giants put together the best, well rounded. Again, my thought into this was well roundedness. Sure, versus, as we know, Ian and a few others went stack at certain position, you know, positional value. I mean, Deshaun Watson, Minka Fitzpatrick, Beckham, Trent Williams, Frank Clark, and Bud Dupree. I mean, that's just outstanding. I mean, I just couldn't couldn't get past that. Even without a running back, I couldn't get
0: past it. So they surprisingly
1: are at the top of my power rankings for my top five.
0: I um, I like them. When I was scrolling through, see, like I was trying to also do a personal subjective ranking, you know, outside yeah. of all that formula stuff. They were uh, in the formula stuff. They were top ten, uh, so they're still good either way. Uh, but my personal rankings, I had, I think I had them in the top five. I really only created top three, but I think I had them. I had to put like a top six before I narrowed it down, and they were in my top six. Yeah, it's a good yeah. team. I just I don't. I think Bud Dupree was the only reason I don't love Bud Dupree, but. Um, otherwise I think it really, it's a really solid lineup. Yeah. I mean, I would have probably, there's a, you know, I
1: would have probably taken Jalen Smith or something over Bud Dupree, but I definitely can't fault the Bud Dupree pick. Um, that was probably the only one I didn't love out of all of I agree with Ian, but still, I just thought that that was stellar. And then we all know, you already heard me say I had myself a second.
0: (laughs) Um, Great. I did
1: myself at the top. And then you mentioned you guessed Rams. Um, you're right. I have Rams as uh, number three for me. Um, I, I could have probably put them at number two above my own squad because of the Joe Burrow pick, and I'm, I kind of think highly of Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. but I didn't love um, the offensive line pick that they made. I'm kind of scrolling for it now.
0: Mike McGlinchey? Yeah,
1: I, I didn't love that pick when there was still some really high-end, like, other talent on the board. I mean, there's, I'm nothing against the guy. He's a great player. But, I don't know, I just didn't
0: love that pick um, altogether. Surprisingly, actually. um, So, you know, a lot of these guys that I recruited to do this were from Reddit. And I, so I created a Reddit um, chat room with all those guys. Um, yeah. And, you know, you two weren't in there. But um, when the, he picked Mike McGlinchey, they were praising it. They really loved that pick.
1: Really? Yeah. Yeah, they really did. I I mean, I I love the rest of his picks. I mean, he's got Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Nick Chubb, Jay Alexander, which, who I think is a highly underrated DB. He's mm-hmm. really coming into his own here in the next year or two. And we already talked about one of my value picks with Devin Bush there in the last round. Um, so, I mean, I, I can't fault him for the offensive line guy. He's he's definitely got talent. Just not one of my favorites. So yeah. that's, that's really the only reason I put him below myself on my power rankings. I get it. <laughs> and, Shout out, to Mike! Mike yeah. slides in as number four for me. Um, I already talked about you. You could have been a little higher, Mike. Had you uh, <laughs>
2: well, yeah. imagine, I took Got one round seven
1: back, but <laughs> um, with Trent Brown sitting there, yeah, we already talked about. It. I can't fault you for that. And then um, I started with a surprise with the Giants, and I went into with a surprise for my top five, and I picked Seattle with our good friend Goodwrench. Really. Um, only a few teams took tight ends, and I don't know. I just – I think Goodrich took a lot of – he made some safe picks, but he also took some risky picks, and yeah. this type of risky picks that I would have taken, and that's probably why he landed in my top five. I mean, Jalen Hurts for me was probably one of the – biggest reaches of most of the picks in the draft. For sure. But I loved me some Jalen Hurts, and he stole him from me in the later rounds. So I was hoping I would be able to sneak him in later. Yeah. Um, and he grabbed Darius Leonard, one of the best linebackers, if not the best right now in the league. Um, a solid pick there. Solid pick with Robert Woods for his wide receiver. The surprise kind of came in. At Hayden Hurst for his fourth round pick. Yeah. I really think Hurst has that talent and ability to be a top five tight end so with this format i can't fault anybody take for taking a top five tight end talent i I I think it was a smart pick
0: i think Hurst for me and again like you know i'm not saying it's a bad pick by any means that one felt more fantasy-ish to me like you know because his value right now in fantasy is going up like crazy because of his new situation um and so and that may not be the case like maybe he might love Hayden Hurst, and that's fine. Like, again, I'm not knocking it. It just – that felt to me almost like a, like how his value is rising in fantasy maybe influenced it a little bit. I don't yeah,
1: know. It, it very well could be, but Hayden Hurst is also a very physical tight end, kind of falls into that. Obviously, Hayden Hurst is not George Kittle or yeah. Kelsey, but they fall into that. I think he falls into that grouping of very physical – uh, tight ends, and I think he's going to have some good success in the league.
0: Yeah. I just, I just wonder if this was this time last year, would he be drafting Hayden Hurst? You know what I mean? Like if, yeah, that's very true. Th- and that's it, that's it. Like, I-,
2: I don't know. I mean, last year Hayden Hurst was a first round pick. I mean, or not? No, you know, in 2018 he was a two- first round pick. So it's he was drafted to be the guy. Just they ended up also having right. Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst is a great blocker. Yeah. So I-, I don't know that. I can fault him. I think that if I was going to pick a tight end in a situation like this, I would want somebody who could do both.
0: absolutely. Absolutely. No, I I think in general, I love that he, that, you know, he's got, he's got the draft capital. He's got the, he's got the versatility. Part of me was just wondering if he would have been drafted in the fourth round. If, you know, say before he was traded. You know, before his his fantasy value rose. Sure. And that's yeah. it. I th- I think it's still a fine pick. Just it was just interesting to me. Sure. Yeah. And then I liked I liked yep. the final two picks with Akeem Hicks and Melvin Ingram the mm-hmm. third. I think they were. Yeah,
2: Melvin Ingram. Me, I me really too. liked that pick in the last yeah, round.
1: But he. So I mean. He rounded out my uh, my top five for me. I thought it was a, a very, very well put together team.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I love the Robert Woods pick too. I think he's a very yeah. very underrated. Like he's a again, yeah. I think in general, yeah. looking over it as a whole and like talking about Hayden Hurst, I think is not just the, the position wise, it's versatile, but like all the players are versatile. Um yeah, know, Melvin Ingram can play anywhere on the D line. Hayden Hurst can do do it all for tight ends, Robert Woods. Is just a really great wide receiver in all areas of the field. Darius Leonard, Jalen Hurts is the dual threat. I mean, I think it's really versatile all around. Yeah. Who are you? Uh, who are you top three or five, Mike?
2: Uh, so uh, it, it's funnily enough, they ended up being uh, mostly defensive teams. I, I didn't necessarily put them in any specific order because I felt like that was a little hard to do um, as far as like, I don't know, not not being able to see the rest of their teams. But a couple of my favorites were, uh, I really liked the Ravens. Uh, they started off um, defense. They started off Tredavious White, Daniil Hunter, CeeDee Lamb. So they took a rookie. And then they got Cam Newton. They're the ones that stole them from yep. uh, from Derek. And then Taylor Lewan and Dion Jones. I felt like those were all really solid picks. And, uh, you know, I feel like having that defense – in Tredavious White and Daniil Hunter and Deion Jones is a pretty good score. Yep. Um, and then having, you know, Taylor Lewan protecting Cam Newton throwing to CeeDee Lamb, that's just, you know, that's great. That's a great situation. Uh, and I feel like uh, we don't know what Cam Newton's physicality will be like moving forward with his health, but I feel like if you're going to draft if you're not going to prioritize line, then you want a, a mobile quarterback, you know? So I liked that. That was a good mm-hmm. pairing. I, lo- to I
0: love the Taylor. Um, I, that was one of my, uh, my, va- one of my value. Yeah. Picks,
2: I thought so. that was fantastic. Um, and then in, um, in the Buffalo bills, they did this, they did a very similar thing. The bills, I think if this were a real team would play very similar to the way that the bills play right now in that they've got a. Uh, And okay, quarterback. I mean, Dwayne Haskins, actually, that that pick in the last round, and who knows what he'll develop into. He didn't have the best situation in Washington. But either way, I felt like, um, you know, that pick kind of brought the whole draft down to me. But there wasn't that many other options in the last round. But starting off with T.J. Watt and Jamal Adams – um and then getting Josh Allen the linebacker Josh Allen uh and then Tyler Boyd and then the aforementioned pick of Kareem Hunt I felt like they're going to just try to control the clock and run the ball out um you know and just do what Buffalo does now uh, so I thought that was that was a pretty good lineup do you think
0: do you think uh, that the Bills picked Josh Allen because they they felt they needed to they needed Josh Allen
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that's uh, we could ask him but uh, it it is a little confusing, you know. Josh Allen stayed with the Bills, but did you know? And
0: we talked this was <laughs> talked about last year after he was picked, right? Um, so Josh Allen in twenty eighteen was picked seventh overall by the Buffalo Bills, and then Josh Allen, the linebacker, the edge rusher, was picked seventh overall by the Jaguars, and well, so. I-
2: I did and not they realize both,
0: that uh, both teams have alliterative names, the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Buffalo Bills. So I, I was making this uh, joke. I was like, man, I really hope there's another Josh Allen and the Seattle Seahawks pick him seventh overall sometime soon. Just to <laughs> really just tie it all together, which, I, but it is weird. Yeah. I think that they were both that's funny. seventh overall, you know?
2: Yeah, that's definitely crazy. Um, the, another team that I really liked was, and it, it's, I mean, I will also say I really like my team because I drafted (laughs) it and I had a strategy that I was following. So, like, obviously I like my team. Um, But I also really liked Indianapolis. They kind of threw me off in the fifth round when they grabbed Jonathan Taylor, not only because he's a running back but because he's a rookie running back. And so that just – I don't know if they're just really excited about that. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor is great. And, he you know, there are a lot of people that are saying, like, he could be the next – You know, I I hate to even say it, but he could be the next Saquon or, you know, the next generational talent, which we like to make make that uh, comment because he loves it. Um, But before that pick, I really like their team and I don't hate that Jonathan Taylor is on their team. It's more of an opportunity cost thing where they could have taken somebody else, you know, that that could have made more impact. But they've got Miles Garrett in the first then Tyree Kill, Tannehill, who I think is one of the better, you know, like if you're going to go late round quarterback, he's, he's a great option. Um, Chris Jones, Jonathan Taylor, and then Devin white, which is a, you know, another one of those, uh, he's not a homer, but I got to see a lot of him when he played in college. So just, I believe in him, obviously real, real football (laughs) believes in him as well because he went in the first round last year. Um, those are, those are probably three of my favorites. And then obviously I love myself. Yes. I I said, I love myself. Um, (laughs) There's a bunch of teams that I, I mean, a lot of these teams, it's just fascinating to me to like consider the possibilities of like, what would happen if this was a real team, you know? And um, we got to see some of these things happen like in a different world. Like for example, we were just talking about uh, Jonathan Taylor, the next team after him, Tampa Bay took Antonio Brown in the fifth round. And so it's just interesting. And then they took Foles in the sixth round as their starter. So it's just interesting to think of a world where Nick Foles is throwing (laughs) to Antonio Brown and Tehran Armstead hmm. is, is protecting foals. And then on the Tehran Armstead and Lane Johnson, which is, that's uh, an old, but gold uh, pair. Of o- 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 O-L's. Yeah. So it's just, it's just interesting to, to kind of theory craft and think about yeah. all these different things. But um, while I have the floor, I did want to make the note that I found there are two teams that took two rookies from this year. And that's Cincinnati took uh, Henry Ruggs and Jedrick wills. Huh? And then, um, what was the other team? I just had it right here in front of me. Oh, yeah, Los Angeles. The I think it's the Rams. It gets confusing going back and forth. The Chargers. No, the Chargers took Denzel Mims and Isaiah Simmons. Interesting. So, obviously, different sides of the ball, but the yeah, two rookies.
0: The Chargers took a lot of young talent. I mean, uh, their middle yeah. four picks are Josh Jacobs, Gardner, Minshew, Denzel Mims, and Isaiah Simmons. That's young and a lot to prove i mean'm not they're not bad're they're, they're good players that just they're re, it's re, probably the youngest core um, if, if I mean without sure. looking too hard um, and interestingly with Cincinnati um, I feel bad for him uh, he 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 timed out his very first pick you know it was the very first pick of the draft um, and so what I did was when when someone timed out I auto picked them with um, I was using the PFF uh thirty two team redraft. I just went with the next available player on their board so long as it wasn't doubled up on position. Just so it wasn't quite as homerish as the ESPN one. Um and it was a little analytics based. Sure. And so they got Mahomes, which was going to be the first pick no matter who you're talking to. Um but so he and then um he messaged me later before it got back to the second round and he told me that his wife had just given birth. He was in the delivery room. Oh jeez. So yeah, so like that's why he missed it. I mean he was very grateful that he got Mahomes, but that, um he was finally back to make his picks. But then right at the fourth round, I think it was. No, I think he did pick rugs for himself, but finally he was the very last pick of the draft. He picked his middle four, but on the very last pick he timed out, which I tried to give him more time since it was is the very last pick. I mean, who really cares? You know, I was going to give him an extra day, even, but he still didn't respond to my messages. So I picked Jedrick Wills for him. Um, so I mean, that's you know, I don't know if he would have picked an offensive lineman or a rookie or whatever there, but kind of had to for him just to, you know, I wanted, I didn't want to give him a focus team. I feel like if, if it, if I was picking for somebody, I was going to give him a more versatile strategy. You know, sure. Um, Congratulations to the Cincinnati owner on your uh, newborn child. Oh, absolutely. Congratulations. Hope the baby and the mother are happy and healthy. I hope you're getting sleep, even though I know you're not. <laughs> I, I want to ask a question. Sure. in.
1: So I think I counted six or seven of them were drafted. There were six. Any of them surprises for you guys? I think I've got – and any of the ones that you think were that should have been drafted that didn't get drafted?
0: Um, I think – I really love the Travis Kelsey pick where he got picked. I don't know if it's like a super value, but Lamar Jackson to Travis Kelsey, I think is great. Oh yeah. Um, you know, especially how we know Lamar is with, with Mark Andrews. So, I mean, having the, even more of an upgrade with Travis Kelsey is awesome. Um, I think Devil might've reached a little bit with TJ Hawkinson. Um, I, I like TJ Hawkinson's, uh, what his um uh, potential. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's what I. That's
1: again with only doing six rounds. Some of these people that grabbed some of these players, I felt like could have waited to like a round seven or eight type pick, but we would never know. And I feel like, I feel like I feel I feel like Hawk is deserving of a pick if we said we went ten rounds and expanded the positions a little bit. Sure, definitely deserving it, but maybe a little early. So I would agree with you on that one.
0: Did you have someone in mind like when you when you brought that up?
1: that was the one oh. that I felt was a bit reachy um but again deserving of the pick because I agree with you I, I love Hawk and I think he's going to be a superstar here in the upcoming years um the one that I was surprised that didn't get picked was Hunter Henry and that might just be me mm. I made some Hunter Henry and I was a little I was just surprised you know I was I, I I was I would have thought someone around that round 6 mark might have been grabbing him. I mean, Darren Waller did go six. I think he went to six, which was a great pick. Um, yeah, I was a little surprised Hunter Henry didn't come off the board. That one surprised me a little
0: bit. I get, I like, I agree with that. Um, I think if also, if I was picking a tight end, like that was never a, a position that I was going to target like tight end and running back would have had to have been an insane value for me to pick them. But, sure. um, but I think I would have picked Hunter Henry or Noah Fant if I yeah. was picking one personally. Yeah. But um, you know, I'm not entirely sure again that I would have picked one. So,
1: I think the only tight end I would have picked would have been George Kittle had he fallen that far in round two.
0: Yeah, no, for sure.
1: I would not have. I would not have gone tight end uh, in this draft. Maybe if Kelsey would have came back to the third, but I was you know I was going. I was trying to stay focused on the younger age bracket too. So, yeah, not your thoughts on tight end. I, and I felt like that five to seven range was probably the appropriate amount to come off for a six-round draft of these positions. So I was just curious, you guys' thoughts on that one.
2: Yeah, I also want to say that it was a lot harder than I thought um, just because there's a lot of players in the NFL. <laughs> and uh I definitely had a little bit more grace for those team reporters that uh, drafted the guys they knew <laughs> after I did it. I was definitely... You know, poo pooing on them pretty hard at first, but after having to do it myself, it was like, oh man, I am doing a lot of research on the fly here. Oh, I agree.
0: And, and I think, you know, even though I knew the direction of that formulaic thing, knowing the rankings, you know, how they were going to pan out, knowing that my own PFF grade values and positional values, I still didn't even go based on that. I wanted this to be fun. So I drafted like my guys, you know, yeah. I wanted it to be just yeah. who I would want on my team forget what PFF thinks for this draft you know for my team like this is who I want and so yeah like I did it did take me a second to pick certain players but I knew my strategy and I knew who I want like I, I was gonna get DK mostly because I knew even if no one else was <laughs> I knew that good was gonna take him
1: yeah
0: Yep. <laughs> he would he would have taken him yep. either in the in his third or fourth pick before it got back to me I was not gonna let that happen so, I may be reached, and I don't care. I got my guys, and I'm happy with my team. Yeah, no, it was definitely
1: fun. Definitely made you think out of the box. I probably had to do my most research on offensive linemen. I mean, mm-hmm. I think, I, we all probably had to to a degree. You know, we all know the, you know, top echelon tier there. But beyond that, uh, definitely had to do a little digging on that but uh no it was fun
0: I'm glad uh, we did it and it was uh and it was an enjoyable experience that's for sure yeah oh and I want to say one one last thing I've been wanting to say this the whole time one of the best picks of the whole draft I'm looking at right now Jadavia and Clowney in the fifth round to the Raiders I love mm-hmm. that pick because I mean oh, I yeah. think I think there are a couple of players you know Cam at the time Jadavia and Clowney they weren't on team so I think they were overlooked for a minute. Um But, but him being drafted in the fifth round, I think was awesome. So, I definitely overlooked him as you're
1: talking about it. I'm sitting here thinking, dang it, when I was looking to when D law got stolen out front of my nose, I had to panic and pivot. Yeah, Jadavian Clowney could have been a great pick right there. Yeah, and I still like my DeForest Buckner pick,
0: sure. And I think I might have even screwed you based on that free agent's free agent comment because, um. So you know you kept mentioning in our uh group chat that you really wanted cam at some point and uh somebody asked me he's like hey can we select free agents and i was like oh yeah for sure it's like any of them I was like yeah cam Jadavian Clowney, i don't care and yeah. so so like two sure. pick, two picks <laughs> later somebody picked cam newton so <laughs> i think i might have screwed you by reaffirming that yes you can pick uh free agents so dang you me. <laughs> no, that's well, all, it was yeah. fun yeah all right so yeah. um anything else you guys got anything else
1: no, that was it. I was just going to say uh, we'll maybe find something else to uh, talk about to fill in some, some of this uh, non-football time that we're all having uh, until something exciting happens.
0: So I'm sure we'll come up with something creative. Yeah, and keep us posted on that uh, Metcalf Minute on uh, Jamal Adams for sure. I'm watching for it. Watching for it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh,
1: even though I think I pretty much just gave all of it away in this episode, but it's okay. I'll redo it again. I don't mind talking about it.
0: <laughs> all right. No, I mean, you know what you could do? You could just do a Metcalf minute on on all, on all Jamal Adams, David Njoku, and Raheem Moster. Just kind of cover the, cover the guys who want trades.
1: <laughs> hit them all. Hit them all the most recent trades in one go. <laughs> yeah. We'll throw Cam Newton in for the heck of it, too. Why not?
0: <laughs> sure.
1: All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening tonight. We appreciate it or whatever
0: time of the day you're listening to and stay tuned for something else. I'm in the, time of the future. Yeah, I think the tight end values for the most part were pretty good. I think, like I said, if, if Travis Kelsey was there, maybe in the third round, you know, I really wanted Mike Evans. I might've taken Travis Kelsey. That would have been great. Um, but I, th- I think for the most part, you know, Kittle, Kelsey, those were great values. Um, Mark Andrews in the third was great. So Those are the three I think I really would have targeted at all in this personally, but, you know, that's just personal preference. I think they all went about pretty much where they should have gone. Um, But speaking of Travis Kelsey, too, um, my uh, rankings, I don't have like a set one, two, three, just sort of my top three in general. Um, One of them was Washington. I really love the, um, you know, Orlando Brown blocking for Lamar Jackson. That's a really good, you know, we know that to be a good combo already. Um, And then they've got, Kenny Galladay and Travis Kelsey as the receivers, which I really like a lot. You know, Travis Kelsey obviously being a good blocking tight end, tight end as well, and then Desmond King and Jeff Okuda as the um, as the, the coverage unit, which I really like. So overall, I think that's one of those good um, in a way. I mean, that's that sort of fits my mold of like a focused team where it's like really heavy on the uh, on the passing game, um, and obviously with yeah. Lamar you don't want to just focus on the passing game, but since they have that Ravens, um, you know, run blocker, Orlando Brown's a really good run blockers. I think overall, I think that works really well for them. Um, Denver, it's not one of my favorite teams, just in terms of, you know, the players. I just, I love their strategy. Um, I love those three first round. Their three first picks were offensive linemen. I love that. Um, just, you know, because you mentioned a little bit earlier, but Quentin Nelson, Ronnie Stanley, Lael Collins as their first three picks is awesome. That's just so cool to me. Um, and, you know, just that. Yeah. And he was texting me uh, individually talking about how he loved, uh, you know, he thinks that football's one in the trenches. So not just entirely the offensive line, because his next two picks were Grady Jarrett and Eric Armstead, who are also great rushers. So it's just across the board, like his first five picks and. I love that he was going all lineman, and I actually had to remind him. I was like, Hey, just so you know, I don't know if you remember the positional limits, but you have to, <laughs> you still have to take a quarterback. He's like, Oh really? Damn. <laughs> Cause I think, I think he would have gone like offensive line again or defensive line again, if I didn't remind <laughs> him. Um, but he went with Jordan love, which I don't, I don't love that pick. Hey, Oh, uh, which I, I don't like Jordan love really at all. I think he's, I don't know. I don't think he's a, a very good talent. Um I think he's really overrated.
2: You must be an Aaron Rodgers fan. No, <laughs> uh...
0: I am not. But just in general during the draft process, I really didn't like Jordan Love that much. But um but I mean hell, you give you give any quarterback that line. My goodness. Um I love just Quentin Nelson and Ra- Ronnie Stanley alone was good with adding Leo Collins was uh, was awesome. Um but then uh the Patriots. Um I really like that team and you know, we talked about that already other the objective nonsense formula stuff that I did. And um, I just think it's a really, really well-rounded team with, you know, deep, re- deep receiver, slot receiver, good offensive lineman, you know, Derwin James, Corey Littleton, good on defense. I think it just in general, it's just a really s- solid team. Um, but yeah, so those are, those are my top three, I'd say. Um, I really, like I said, I like Pittsburgh. I almost put Pittsburgh in there. I just don't love that. Clyde Edwards Hilaire pick, but overall I think there's some really good teams in here. Some really good um like Mike's team, for instance, you know, there's a lot of different style of teams. Is that you know, like Mike's team is good, it's just not a lot of like sexy picks. And I think that's how like maybe the Bears are. I like the Bears because they're like they yeah. receivers. You know, they got Matt Ryan and they got Stefan Diggs and Tyler Lockett. And I think that's just those are good receivers. Good. You know, high-caliber receivers, I think, but they're not talked about like high-caliber receivers. You know what I mean? So, yes. you I can guess... Make, you could make that argument for Philly, too. I mean... Yeah. I mean, um,
1: Barkley is a top, you know, a household name. But, you know, sure. Juju, Devontae Parker. Right. I mean, Almost the same argument for them. They're just not a lot of sexy picks, but decent, solid picks.
0: Yeah. And, and same thing with their defense is Justin Simmons and Demario Davis. I don't think either of them get as much credit as they deserve. PFF, uh, you know, when I was doing all the grades for this, uh, putting them in the, in my uh, sheet, those are actually the top rank at their position. And they went in the fifth and sixth round. Um, So Uh like, like that, Justin Simmons was the highest graded PFF last year, DeMario Davis, highest graded linebacker. So, I mean, that's, it's pretty good. I mean, like you said, you know, the, they're not a lot, they don't sound like sexy picks, but they're really highly graded by PFF at the very least. So they're good picks. Um, but yeah, some of the other teams, you know, like we were talking about some things that stood out, um, like maybe an argument could be about the Panthers versus the Cardinals, uh, you know, like for quarterbacks. So, um, fifth overall is Aaron Donald's Aaron Donald's sixth was Joey Bosa. And then Carolina jumped back into the quarterbacks. Do you guys think Carson Wentz was worthy of being the next quarterback? Or do you think Kyler Murray's got the potential and should he have jumped Carson Wentz? Absolutely. Yeah, you think so? I think so.
2: Uh, it's hard to say. <laughs> uh, if he keeps being plagued by injuries, then I I think Kyler Murray has. I don't know, man. If Carson Wentz is what they drafted him to be, then then I then I think he's fine there. But just being injured as much as he has. Um, it's hard to say because Kyler Murray's not been, you know, but one year the starter. So it's just, that's a tough call. I think they're pretty good. They're pretty good the way they are. I probably would have taken Murray over Carson Wentz personally.
0: Yeah. I think they went in the order that I would have taken them like the, the four, the four quarterback, actually the first eight quarterbacks, I would have taken in the, in the exact order they went. Um, you know, they went Mahomes, Jackson, Wilson, Watson, Wentz, Murray, Prescott, Mayfield. I think that's, that that would be my top eight, if you know, because I was when I was putting my list together. I don't think they went where they should have, because I don't think Aaron Donald and Joey Bosa should have gone that early. Personally, I think that you know I've said before, if we're doing a full redraft, I think Aaron Donald should be the first non-quarterback off the board. But I think that should be like pick sixteen or seventeen. I think that some, and I'm not gonna knock anybody who picked you know a non-quarterback that early, but I just. If it was me, the top eight would have been quarterbacks, and it would have been those in that order. Eh, maybe. <laughs> I don't. Know, I, 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 I like. I like. I oh. like Carson Wentz there. I do. I think Carson I think, Wentz over Murray. I think
1: the top four, absolutely, in that order, like you said: Mahomes to Cincinnati, Lamar to Washington, Russell Wilson to Detroit, and Watson to New York. One hundred percent. Those should have been the top four in that order. Mm-hmm. After that, I definitely think some subjectivity comes into it. For me, I think my next one would have been probably Kyler Murray. And then from there, it gets a little murkier with me between Matt Ryan, Joe Burrow, Jimmy G. Um, Dak? Kirk, Kirk Cousins, then maybe Dak, then Baker, then Carson Wentz. Really? Josh Allen, yeah.
0: For wow, me. Carson's low for you.
1: I've never, I've never been a fan.
0: Never uh, been a fan. I and, don't know. And Dak is lower for you than I expected. I, you guys know I'm not a Dak fan. Come on. I don't know. I mean, I, I look, guess. I don't
1: know if I've told you guys this. You know, we're going to take a quick sidebar. Or if I've just been talking to my good buddy, um, my neighbor. But I truly was <laughs> hoping. I'm still hoping. And we talked about it. I said, I'm, I, I call the next Metcalf Minute. if Jamal Adams goes to Cowboys. I truly... Want Jerry to find a way, which is not going to happen now because Dak signed his franchise his franchise tag. But I wanted to bring Jamal Adams in, let Dak walk, and, and let's go win a freaking Super Bowl. We have one of the best offensive lines in the leagues. We have Ezekiel Elliott. We have probably one of the best wide receiver cores in the league now this year. Tight end, eh, we'll see how that shakes out. And then bringing in Jamal Adams – Fill that defensive back hole that we have had since freaking Deion Sanders retired or left us because I don't think he retired, he didn't retire to the Cowboys with mm-hmm. both teams. But since he left us, I mean, let's ride the Red Rocket for a handful of years and go win some Super Bowls.
0: That was so, my opinion. That, totally that was, disagree. That, That's, that glad... was, was going to be my Metcalf minute. I'm, I'm so glad that you, <laughs> I'm glad you have your opinion. I, mine is totally different. I think Dak is a top eight quarterback in the league, top seven. I think Andy Dalton's fine, but like, dude, I I think the reason that the the Cowboys play at a high level when they do is because of Dak. Um, I know that the receivers are good. I know their O-line's good, but man, I think Dak is the real deal personally. I I think that Eh. uh, that's just, I mean, I think that he should be signed to a long-term deal. I mean, maybe not, obviously, he's not going to get a freaking $500 million deal, but, He's – I think he's worth it. I think he's worth top three pay, I'm personally.
1: I like the guy, and he's definitely better than the average quarterback. But if I had a choice between filling our biggest problem we've had for the past decade and getting Jamal Adams or keeping Dak Prescott – now, granted, it's a completely different story. If Cooper Rush was still behind Dak Prescott, but the yeah. fact that he landed a perfectly usable starter for a backup – Give me Jamal Adams all day, every day.
0: And I think that's where we did where we have a difference of opinion, obviously, is that <laughs> if we're talking about like going to win a Super Bowl, perfectly usable quarterback is not gonna win a Super Bowl, in my opinion. <laughs> you need a good quarterback. And that's why then I think Dak is that guy. I think if they're gonna win a Super Bowl, it's gonna be with Dak. So I don't know. I think but and I will say too, before we get off this cowboy topic. I think Dak Prescott is going to be the fantasy QB one this year. Really? Yes. Yes, I do.
2: Oh. That's my that's
0: my hot take. I don't do. I don't think Write I do like down. a ton of hot takes. I did tweet it out. I tweeted it the other day. I so thought it, I saw that. Yeah, it's saved like in the on the internet uh, from our page. I think Dak is going to be QB one over Mahomes, over Lamar, over Wilson. He's QB one for me. Interesting. Yeah. So.
1: I, for, for, for a, a real football, there story, it is. I hope you are 100% correct.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that, and that's one thing about fantasy that, uh, you know, again, I need I, we need to wrap this Cowboy stuff up, but, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, I stuff think, rabbit hole. <laughs> I think that CD lamb added added to that receiver core is bad for the receivers. Cause you know, obviously none of us even know who the most valuable guy is there right now. It could be any one of the three of them, but yeah. I think that lowers the value of all three. I don't think any of them will have the statistical production of a top 10 receiver. Agreed. But but I think that really really elevates Dak. I think their O-line's too good. I think that, you know, ha- keeping Kellen Moore as their offensive coordinator and bringing in Mike McCarthy, I think that Dak is going to bring it to a totally new level and I don't think it's going to be like a Mahomes or Lamar like I think they're all just going to be f- High end, and not just blow everybody else out of the water, but I think Dak's going to be the top guy. I hope you're right. (laughs) That's all I (laughs) got to say. Yeah. Um, Okay. So there's a couple more. Let's see. A couple more quarterbacks we wanted to talk about too, right? Um, Let's see who else. Um, I think. Well, we want to talk about Drew Locke uh, because we mentioned him earlier in the ESPN redraft. He went 15th overall above Kyler. And now, here he is going in the second round. Um, You know, he's the second pick after Jalen Ramsey for Zach's team um, in Minnesota. So, um, what do you think about Drew Locke going there over, let's see, over Daniel Jones and Jared Goff? Appropriate, I think. I think... I think he was I think he should – I think
1: uh, an early second-round pick for Drew Locke in this exercise was probably spot on in the right spots. I think Zach got that right
0: Mm -hmm.
1: with Minnesota. I do think he should have gone ahead of, like, Tua or maybe Tom Brady.
0: Really? um, Really?
1: Just just because of Brady's age. Not that he's better than Brady, but just an age factor. So I think he maybe could have floated to the back end of round one, maybe, but definitely more appropriate placing for him in our draft, i think than the s p n one
2: sure
0: and and
2: i uh, i don't know good i like uh i like the pick there i think that my i like drew lock this year in fantasy because I think that he's got they're setting him up for a lot of success i i have this weird like based on no statistics whatsoever I have this thought that Daniel Jones will develop into a good quarterback I think he's got the bones of of uh yeah so I think I think he I think he will I said hot number
1: two for the night (laughs) he
2: yeah I mean I don't know how long it'll take and I'm not like I'm not betting (laughs) on it at all I just have this feeling and Drew Locke feels like one of those guys to me that could just be like You know, like a, uh, I don't know. And this is this is a hurtful hot take, but I feel like he could eventually be like another Brian Hoyer or or something Mm -hmm. like that, where he's like he he gets around. He's like a great backup, but like he's not the guy you want to be your starter. And I I I like like I said, I don't really know why I feel the way that I do. These are gut calls.
0: Um, yeah, I think Daniel Jones got a lot of flack, just you know, that because he was drafted more highly than he was anticipated to be drafted, you know? And I think so, just the fact that he was overranked by the Giants in a lot of people's opinion, it made it sound like he was a bad pick. Like, I don't think that Daniel Jones was ever supposed to be a bad quarterback, you know, but I feel like a lot of people went that route when he was picked so high, and I disagree. Like, I think he has, the, like you said, the potential to be a good quarterback. He's just got to fix, you know, he's got to fix those, you know, the ball –
2: Yeah, he had to be the starter year one,
0: right? And he and he needs to fix some of those issues. And you know they they've got to work on a few things like their offensive line, which I think they I I don't entirely remember. I think they approached that a little bit, but they've got a really solid, I think, um, you know, receiving core. You know, they got Saquon uh, out of the backfield. You know, Golden Tate, uh, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, I I, and uh, Darius Darius Slayton. Exactly. I've got no qualms with Daniel Jones becoming a top. A QB one in fantasy, you know. I think he's. I think he's got the statistical. As long as he keeps the turnovers down, I think he could do it. Yeah, it's, um, it's doable. Yeah, I don't know that I believe it yet, but i I see <laughs> the I see the argument for sure. Yeah. Um, let's see.
1: I've I got to throw this out there. It was this, uh, we were chatting off air a few minutes ago, and I forget. I think Mike pointed out there was only one team that took. Three of the same players from the same team. Not, not the same team, but let me rephrase that. <laughs> one team.
2: Three yeah. of the three players from the same original yes, team. There
1: you go. Thanks, Mike. Bailed me out there. And uh, I find it funny that it was our good friend Zach, who is a huge Vikings fan, ended up with three Broncos on his team in a row, too. It's true.
2: <laughs> At least they were
1: good Broncos. I mean, we got we just talked about Drew Locke. He snagged Bradley Chubb, which I was gonna mention earlier when we were talking about linebacker. I think Bradley Chubb is definitely gonna start approaching that top echelon here in the next couple years. Um, and he grabbed uh Jerry Judy, you know, one of the hot rookies coming out. So mm-hmm. only a good good three picks there for Zach.
0: But yeah, he was the only the
1: only team that picked uh, three players from the
0: original team that they were on yeah and and i remember him like talking up jerry judy even a year ago like i know how how highly he feels about jerry True. Judy because uh, right. i we had this conversation once where i said that i think kenny galladay is worth the 101 in like if the twenty twenty one hundred and one in fantasy and in dynasty leagues and he said there's no way jerry judy would could be that he could be the next julio the next whatever so for the longest time i know zach is a big judy fan um and, and, you know, in Zach's defense, Kirk Cousins, Daniil Hunter, and uh, Adam Thielen had all been picked at that point. So those <laughs> positions for the Vikings couldn't have been picked.
1: That is true. That is true. So and, those,
0: gonna, and those are some of the heavy hitters for the Vikings. So Right. So I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt there, you know. Um, but I love the Jalen Ramsey pick, if, if nothing else. Because I, I said also in our last thing, if it wasn't going to be Aaron Donald as the first non-QB, I would say, say Jalen Ramsey. So I think that's a really great pick. Yeah. But, yeah, jeez. Uh, I think we covered, like, every team just about, right? I hope so. And if we didn't, we apologize. We did try to make a point to uh, mention everybody, and we thank everyone for participating with us. It was fun. It really was. I had a good time with it. I mean, it was really slow, but, I mean – that's too expected when you got thirty-two. I mean, one hundred ninety-two total players. Eight hours, eight hours a pick. It's bound to take a while. Thirty-two semi-random people. <laughs> right, exactly. Thirty, like I think nineteen were I found on a random Reddit post. So I hope all you random Reddit posters enjoyed this. And you know, <laughs> uh, I I posted something on Reddit about my f- formulaic. Uh, outline of the draft, and so if if anybody wants to see that, I might post it on Twitter or whatever if anybody cares, but.